0: morning. Well, it's great to be here today. Thank you, Drew, for letting me come back to South City. Man, I am loud. So you can hear me now. yeah. Well, it's an honor to be here today. Um, yeah, I work for LifeWord. I serve there as executive director and um, because of churches like South City, that have partnered with LifeWord, today, one-fourth of the world will be able to hear and understand the gospel in their own language. And um, it's pretty amazing, isn't it? And so God's been good to our ministry, but he's been good to us because we know who we are. We, the Great Commission wasn't given to LifeWord. The Great Commission was given to you, the church. Hey, Lindy, I had to say that in So um, the Great Commission was given to the local church. We're just a tool you can use so that you can fulfill Christ's Great Commission. So thank you for letting us serve you. And um, we're excited about what God's doing, 64 languages, and... Um, Millions, In fact, 2 billion people every day can hear and understand the gospel. So I want to talk to you about that a little bit this morning, but I don't want to do that and not talk about Jesus. You know, you can do that. You can go in and give a commercial and not talk about Jesus. I want to do that. But a moment of personal privilege, is that all right? That's what Brother Walters used to say when I was here before. So I used to minister here. Uh, as a youth pastor and kept them from having music every week, but I tried to do student ministry here. And this will always be a very special church to me. Um, Saw amazing things happen here. Um, God was so good. And I'll be honest with you, I really didn't know a whole about what I was doing. (laughs) I was just kind of... God's spirit was moving and I was just kind of long for the ride that's just the truth Um, you know I I left a, a little town called Spring Hill, Louisiana Lori was in my youth group there and I don't know if you remember Lori when Temple started talking to me we were on a bus one night and Lori's family had gone through some difficulties and we had walked together through all that Her brother had left and gone to CBC, and I know she was kind of feeling alone, and I'll never forget, she came up and sat beside me on the front of this bus, and I knew that God was leaving me here because, hey, there, there was the potential to reach some kids in Spring Hill, but there was potential to reach hundreds of kids in Little Rock, and I just, I wanted to do that. I felt God was leaving me. And I'll never forget, Lori came and sat by me on the bus that night. She said, "Brother Donnie, I don't know what's going on, but don't leave me. Do you remember that? You almost killed me that night. I almost backed out of coming here just because of you. <laughs> no, seriously, broke my heart. And then I got here and met students like Drew, Lindy, um, I mean, God just did amazing things. And this altar saw a lot of people come to Christ. And then when my daughter died, we said goodbye to her in this building. It's, uh, so this place will always hold amazing memories for me. So anytime I get to come back, I don't know why I'm more nervous this morning. I'm in a different church every Sunday. And I don't get nervous very often, but I'm nervous this morning. And um, I don't really know why, other than this is a... I'm sorry. Thank you. It's good to be home. So let me share a little bit about Jesus with you. And in the context of that, we'll, we'll talk about what you're doing around the world through Life Word too. So if you will, take your Bible and turn with me to Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19, and one verse this morning Luke chapter 19, verse 10. And I think they'll bring it up on the screen. Just read it with me, will you? Just read it out loud with me. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. That's, a, that's Jesus' mission statement. Jesus gave us his mission statement for why he was on this earth in one brief sentence. I came to seek and to save the lost can I ask you a question this morning if that mission was good enough for Jesus should it not be good enough for us I mean I don't think the church needs a new mission I think Jesus gave us a great mission I think we need to fulfill his mission now This is an interesting story where this this mission statement came out of. Instead of giving us his mission statement at the beginning of his ministry, Jesus decided to explain it at the close. Instead of right off the bat, standing up and making a declaration, right toward the end of his ministry, he decided to let us know why he had come. See, the context of this, Jesus is headed to Calvary. He is already on his way. He's making his way to Jerusalem, and the scripture says that all along the way, he was stopping at little towns and little cities. He was healing the sick, but he was teaching the people, and he comes through a town that we know very well in the Old Testament, a town called Jericho. Now, you remember what happened in Jericho, right? The walls. Right. So now Jesus is coming through Jericho, and the word is out. The word's out. I mean, he's a star by this time. And so the people, by the hundreds, are coming out of their shops, coming out of their homes. And not only them, But Jesus wasn't the only person headed to Jerusalem because it was Passover. And all of the Jewish people, they were all headed to Jerusalem. Thousands of people. So Jesus is with all these people. He had just got through raising Lazarus from the dead. You remember that story? So that fame has spread. And now by the time he hits the city of Jerusalem, I mean of Jericho, Man, there are thousands of people. So don't imagine a parade where people are standing on the side of the road waiting for the parade to come through. Imagine a mob scene. Imagine thousands of people trying to make their way through a little bitty town. And that's probably what it looked like. And as Jesus is coming through that town, I'm sure standing over on the side of the road somewhere was the religious elite. They wanted their shot, and they wanted to talk to Jesus, I'm sure. And I'm sure the pastor at First Baptist was probably there, Drew, and First Pentecostal, and, um, and all these different hierarchy people, they were probably waiting for him to come through, and they thought, surely he'll come talk to us. Surely he'll come by and make sure that we give him the stamp of approval. But instead... The Bible says that Jesus, walking down this road with thousands of people pushing him down the road, turns and looks up in a tree and finds a little guy up in a tree and says, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm going to go to your house today. Now, everybody remember the song when you were in Sunday school? Zacchaeus was a... There you have it. Well, when I was in... I, all, I did, Ural, I thought Jesus, when I, was in, when I was in Baker, Louisiana, I thought he was this high when I was a kid. I thought he was like G.I. Joe or something, you know, because that's all I knew about Zacchaeus. And in fact, he was like a cartoon character to me. You know, you got this little bitty guy climbing up in a tree. But there was nothing funny about Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was an evil man. And not only was an evil man, probably the most hated man in this town because Zacchaeus was a tax collector. Anybody here work for the IRS? Let's talk about them for just a minute. No, it's just a joke. So back in Jesus' day, You know, the Romans would allow the Jews to have a little form of government on their own. It was all based on religion and religious hierarchy. And one of the things that the Romans would pick out would be the people who would collect the taxes. Now, if you were a tax collector in Jesus' day, this is how it would work out. When you went in for your interview, can you collect our taxes? Oh, yeah. Well, if you do well, we'll let you collect our money and then you can get some for, you, for yourself too. So charge them a little more, make yourself a little money. So these guys were like traitors to their own people. But in Zacchaeus' case, it was even worse. He wasn't just a tax collector. He was the chief tax collector. Zacchaeus was the guy that would come to your house. Oh, you can't pay your taxes. Really? I'll just take one of your children then. Hated. The most despised person in town. And instead of Jesus, go, watch me, instead of Jesus going to the good people's house, he chose to go to the most hated man's house in all the town. The worst sinner in all the town. And Zacchaeus comes down out of the tree and takes Jesus to his house and invites his friends. And guess who his friends were? Other tax collectors. So now you've got all this basket of deplorables, I guess it'd be a good way to put them, and they're all in one house. And there's Jesus in there with these guys. And the Bible says that the good people stood on the outside looking in. The religious people stood on the outside of the house looking in. And in the King James, I like the way it says it. It says, they grumbled. Drew, you never heard church people grumble, have you? No, no. They grumbled. What's the point, Donnie? Well, the point is this. At the end of Jesus' ministry, in this house, with the worst people that you can imagine, one man stands up named Zacchaeus, a guy that got it, a guy that understood who Jesus was, a guy who believed he was Messiah and said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. My life has changed now. Everything that I've stolen, I'm going to give back with interest. And Jesus said, salvation has come to this house today, not because of what Zacchaeus did, but because of the Zacchaeus decided to do right because he had believed in Jesus Christ. It was evidence that Jesus had come into his life. And there's some really great lessons that if we had a long time that we could unpack here. But let me just tell you about a couple. Two things that I see in here that I want you to know about. Number one, Jesus was intentional about going through that town that day. He didn't have to. He didn't have to talk to Zacchaeus. But he made an effort to pick, look at me, he made an effort to pick out a person that other people thought did not deserve to ever be saved. The wicked. The evil. The traitors. Can I say this today? Ladies and gentlemen, I love the fact that you're giving out food to the hungry. I love the fact that you're reaching out in this community because that's what Jesus came to do. He came for lost people. He came for people that didn't know him. He came for people that didn't deserve him. Watch this. He came for people like me. And he came for people like you. And we need to be intentional about reaching them. We need to have a plan. And we need to be intentional about that. And then secondly, we need to stick to our mission. You know, in today's society, and in today's Christian society especially, we would lots rather people move their letter than we have reach people for Jesus. You know what moving, you may not even know what that means, but in Baptist churches, a lot of times, churches that I visit every Sunday, if people come to join a new church, they move their letter. I've never even signed a letter. I'm not even sure what that means, but that's what they say you do. You move it. I've asked for my letter. I'd like to look at it. I don't have a letter, I don't think, but, but that's what we'd rather do is, is get people from other churches. Can I say this today? If God wants you to be here, I sure hope you come here because this church is on mission, but I do want you to know that the mission is not to reach other saved people, but to reach lost people. That's what we should be all about. And at Word, that's what we're all about. We take the gospel of Jesus to places where missionaries can't go. Through radio, television, the internet. We have one young lady right here, Lori, who's up, Lori Klein. She's on, she thousands of views on the internet every week, talking to people who don't know a thing about the Lord. And I see a lot of those comments on the internet every week. She's doing a fantastic job. And thank y'all for letting her do that for us. That's what we're all about. And this morning, I thought I'd show you a short video. Now this video is a little dated. I did this about three years ago, but it's in a very remote part of the world, a place where people uh, don't get to hear a lot about Jesus. In fact, most of these people have never heard the name of Jesus Christ. And I thought you might want to see one place that your church is impacting around the world.
1: Minera. Philippines, isolated, remote. No one really knows how many people live in these jungles. They are nameless and faceless to most of the world, but not to LifeWord's Pete Tabog. Pete has been taking the gospel of Jesus to the people of his native country for over 40 years. And now, through LifeWord Community Radio, Pete is teaching the people of Monera to use media to help plant new churches and reach their own community for Christ.
2: For three years we have done it in the Philippines, in fact right now I think we have about five small radio stations in different places, and uh, it gives actually, you know, becoming a tool to the local church and local community to start with a mission. So right now I think the difference between before and now is that LifeWord is now involving in church planting ministry, Mm -hmm. which we have not I am not saying we have not been doing that in the past, but we are doing it more effectively now than before.
1: LifeWord Community Radio gives ministry ownership to the local church. LifeWord helps provide broadcast training and part of the startup cost for a low-power transmitter. But the daily outreach of the radio station is put in the hands of the local church. The training LifeWord provides spurs the imagination of the local broadcasters to produce compelling and entertaining gospel programming and it challenges local programmers to innovate. How do you power a radio station where there is no electricity? You use the streams of water provided by God in His mountains to build your own hydroelectric
2: plant. This radio station is the most effective uh, ministry here in the mountains. The most effective way to catch people to Christ.
1: Recently, the U.S. LifeWord team took the tough journey into the Philippine jungle to experience the impact of LifeWord Community Radio in the region of Manera. It was amazing. New churches are being planted. Existing churches are being strengthened. The station has been such a blessing to the churches that upon arrival of the LifeWord team, many of the church members in the area had gathered to offer the LifeWord team a meal just as a way to say thank you.
2: Like in Manara, for example, you know, um, after a year of doing this, there had been people in, you know, about five miles from the station that have heard the gospel. But uh, what are we going to do that? What are what are we going to do about it? So we started. Uh, we have made it as a mission, and right now there, there's a mission point there Amen. with about uh, 30 baptized believers. And the thing is that I realized that they they need a visionary to Mm -hmm. to
1: go there. In 38 languages around the world, to a potential listening audience of billions, LifeWord is continuing to use radio and the Internet to share the saving message of Christ in a very big way. But in the remoteness of Manera and the jungles of Africa, and in the isolated villages of Central and South America, LifeWord Community Radio is thinking small, organic, indigenous, LifeWord is teaming up with BMA missionaries to help plant local churches and to train local gospel programmers to take His message to their own people. Because sometimes, to share the love of a big God, you have to think small, intimate, local. You change. You adapt. You do whatever it takes to reach people that others have forgotten, because there are no insignificant people to our God. And he wants the entire world to know of his love.
0: So, on major broadcast outlets around the world, Life Word, broadcast to cover continents, and um, in several places around the world, like for instance, in the Middle East, in. Um, Several of those countries where if we set a radio station up there, the Islam people would just completely, they'd blow it up, you know, before we ever got it going. We'll broadcast from islands like Cyprus and cover all of the Middle East with broadcast. But where we can go and help plant a new church, that right there is the biggest win we can have. Dr. John David Smith, our director of missions, says that our missionaries are four times more successful in planting a new church when Life Word goes in before or with that missionary. See, we go in before the missionary gets there, and we set up a radio station. And we'll have that radio station going for about a year before the missionary begins his work. And let me tell you, when that radio station comes on, People come to find where it's broadcasting from. Now, you say, well, Donnie, so you're going into this. Who is that guy, Petey Tabak? Pete is our, he's, he's our um, senior uh, member of the LifeWord team. Well, Pete has been working for LifeWord for 40 years. Isn't that incredible? And um, Pete speaks five languages, and he preaches on the air every day in those five languages on radio and television. Pete is brilliant. That hydroelectric plant you saw right there, Pete built that because he has a master's degree in mechanical engineering from the University of Manila. He's very smart. And in fact, Pete was a communist guerrilla intent on overthrowing uh, the Philippine government until he met a BMA missionary, and he got saved. And now he's probably the most effective missionary that we have around the world. So Pete built that. And that young guy you saw up there, Pastor Andrew, well, he's pastoring three churches now in the Philippines, all of them begun because of LifeWord Community Radio. He said, well, Donnie, how do those people, if they don't have electricity, how do they listen to the radio? It doesn't matter where you go around the world. I was recently in uh, northern Chile, and way up in the Andes Mountains. And let me tell you, people living in mud huts, and they all had one of these. It's changed the world. Everybody's got a smartphone. The government gives them a smartphone because they want to talk to them. And in most places around the world, those smartphones have an AM, FM radio in them. So when we start a new station, They've never had a local radio station. So Pastor Andrew, that young man, when we got the hydroelectric plant going, he said, can you hook that up to my church too? Yeah. Got the church some electricity, and he built a place for the people to come power their cell phones every morning by the church. Most of the people in that area, they have a solar power deal deal. They put in the bottom of their phone, set it out in the sun in the morning. Hopefully by noon, they'll have power. Well, he, he built a bank of about 50 places you can plug in your phone. And so every morning, the first thing the people do is they go to the church. They plug in their cell phones, and then he gets to preach to them. He's pretty smart. Smart guy. <clears throat> Life word, if you came to our offices in Conway you'd meet our entire staff. There's six of us. Six that are in our staff in America. We have over 300 people around the world that are producers, creators, broadcasters that are taking the name of Jesus to the four corners of the earth. So, one of the, one of the great things about being able to do what I do is I get to go meet all these great people around the world. And so my my favorite place to go is the Middle East. I I could live in the Middle East. I love it there. And um, it's just an amazing part of the world. And I've been all over those Arab countries over there in some really dark places. And about a year ago, um, I got an invitation to come and, and go over and, and meet with some folks there in southern Egypt about setting up some, some uh, small radio stations. And so, everybody had always told me, you know, Donna, you need to, go to the, you need to go to Israel. You need to go to Israel. I'd never been. And I thought, well, Israel, I've been to a lot of places. It won't. But it impacted me in a way I'd never been impacted before. In fact, my wife went with me, and um, the morning that we, first morning we woke up, our hotel was on the Mount of Olives. And I walked out and there was the old city of Jerusalem. And there's the wall that King Solomon built. And there's the Eastern Gate where when King Jesus comes back, he's going to walk right through that gate and declare to the world that he's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Now, the Muslims, they, when they took over the city centuries ago, they cemented up that gate. It's a stone gate, and they cemented it up. In fact, they buried a lot of Islamic people Right there in front of that gate, because the Quran says that a true prophet will never walk through a cemetery. Can I tell you, when King Jesus comes back, he gonna walk right through that cemetery and he gonna kick that stone wall open. They won't stop Jesus when he comes back. And I'm sitting that morning, the sun rising over Jerusalem, and I'm I wanted to read scripture about. When Jesus was with the disciples on the Mount of Olives and I turned to Matthew and I started reading, trying to imagine what it would be like. There's, there's the Kidron Valley and the Garden of Gethsemane. And, and I was just overwhelmed. And um, I read where the disciples asked Jesus, what will it be like when, when you come back and the, the end of the world comes? And Jesus began to describe several scenarios. You know, there'll be wars and rumors of wars. Nations will rise against nations. And then tucked right inside that chapter is one little statement. It's not a prediction. It's a prerequisite. And for some reason, the Holy Spirit opened my eyes to that in a way I'd never seen it before. Jesus said, and when this gospel has been preached, to all the nations, then the end will come. And I began to think about the internet and the impact that the internet was having around the world. And when I was voted executive director at LifeWord, I told the board, we will turn our attention right now to handheld devices where people are living around the world, and we have. And we've put together a tool called the LifeWord Cloud. That video there, it was shot three years ago. We were in 38 languages. And in three years, we've been able to go from 38 languages to 64 languages because of the LifeWord Cloud. It works like this. Say you're in Saudi Arabia, and you see a banner ad as you're thumbing through your phone It simply says this, who is Jesus to you? The most Googled question every day on the internet is, who was Jesus Christ? Did you know that? It's the most Googled question in the world. And that space has been owned by the Mormons and by the Jehovah's Witness. But not anymore, (laughs) because life word is there now. And we make sure that we're at the top of that internet search. And when you're in Saudi Arabia and you see that question and you want to know who Jesus is, you simply hit that ad. It takes you to the LifeWord cloud, lifeword.org. There's a drop down menu of languages. You hit that drop down menu, and there's all these languages that come up. You speak Arabic, so you hit Arabic. And the whole website converts to Arabic. And there's somebody there telling you who Jesus Christ is to you. And people are hitting that site by the thousands, by the hundreds of thousands last year. And we believe that within the next five to 10 years, we'll be able to go from 64 languages to over 200 languages of the world. Would you pray for us? That's the goal. I believe God's going to give us that. Could it be that man created the internet for one reason, but God all the time knew that this is the tool he was going to use to get the message to the entire world? That's what we're praying. So as I close this morning with another um, point of personal privilege, Life Word has been in existence now for almost 60 years. And this church is the reason she came into existence. Did you know that? The first board members for Life Word were from Temple Baptist Church in Little Rock. Five men, five businessmen that said, we want to get the gospel to the world. And they saw the potential and they bought in with a missionary named Harold Morris. And because of you, because of this church, millions and billions of people are hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ every day. Thank you. You're carrying on that legacy through what you're doing here in Little Rock and by continuing to help us at Life Work. I want to close today by letting you meet one person that life, his life got changed because of people like you in a very distant, remote part of the world. And when I'm done this morning, I'll give it back over to you, Brother Jerry. Thank you for the opportunity to be here today. And I hope you'll come up to Conway and meet all six of us We'll take you to lunch, okay? Yeah. So if you'll roll that, I appreciate y'all letting me come today.
3: My name is Ubuni, assistant to Buddhist monks in a Buddhist monastery. I am now 65, but I couldn't find assurance for my life after death in Buddhism. Thank you for your radio program. I listen to Life Word regularly, and I know Christ is the only God who could save me from eternal damnation. Even though I have not yet professed my faith in public. I am so thankful that Christ died for my sins. I have a living hope through Christ and I believe he gives me eternal life. Pray for me so that I would become a follower of Christ by baptism. Some Buddhists and even monks came to me and to discuss with me about Christ. I shared and explained as much as I know. As I share Christ, there is much opposition. Please write me how to share Christ with them more effectively. There are several people who are gathering to listen to LifeWord regularly.
4: things i love about the church is god allows us to be a part of something that's bigger than ourselves right you you look at that and you think how can i make any sort of a difference there in that religion with those people i feel like i'm uh, there's nothing similar with my life that's similar to their life and yet here we have an opportunity right now to give to this mission I want to see that go from 64 to 200. I believe it can. With our help, with our prayer. What what you do today is, is not insignificant. So I want us to do those two things that, that just came up on the screen. I want us to pray, and I want us to give. So if the Lord has laid something on your heart to give this morning, we're going to have ushers in the back here in just a minute. As you're leaving, they'll have some uh, some of our... Uh, plates in the back and you can write your checks out to South City Church If you want to give online you can go online and just use the pull-down menu and and give to life worth in that way We'll write one check. I Have no doubt that whatever it is that you can give God will use Right if he can use a couple of little fish and five loaves of a little boy to change the lives of thousands of people I believe he can use whatever you want to give, whatever you can give today for his glory. Hopefully that when we give, it's not just what happens where that money goes, but it happens, something happens where the money came from. I Hope it changes our hearts, right? I Hope it makes us more aware of a need. Because can I just tell you, places like Myanmar, Places like India and China and Africa, if you ever go to those places, it's an overwhelming feeling to look at these faces and to say, Lord, how many of these people are gonna die and go to hell? And do I even care? What has he called us to do? What has he called you to do? How has he called you to give and to pray and to go? So I want us to pray. And then we're gonna we're gonna sing a song. But I wanna pray specifically right now for LifeWord. Would you pray with me? I'm gonna ask my beautiful wife to come. Um, we're thankful for her opportunity to share it with Life Word and would you mind praying for LifeWord and, and for their work?
5: Father, we just thank you for this opportunity, Lord Jesus, just to worship you and um, God, I just thank you for Donnie. I thank you for his leadership. I just thank you for His hand, Your hand on His life, and just for every heart, every uh, all the hands and feet that You've brought together to be a part of the mission and the ministry of Life Word. Father, You have, You are over it all. It's Your work, and God, we are on mission. And Father, I just I thank you for what You've done, what You're doing, and what You're going to do. And and Father, I just pray that your word you, you told us that it does not return void and so when your word goes out lives are changed people are impacted wherever they are and it's so hard to imagine I just thank you for today just to give us a, a glimpse of some of those faces and some of the impact around the world that um, our giving can make our prayers can make and uh, Lord Jesus we just we thank you for this opportunity And we just pray a blessing over LifeWord. We pray a blessing over Donnie and the team and every heart. People that are maybe even gathered in this moment around the world. um, Just to worship and to hear your gospel. Father, we just take so much for granted. Forgive us. May we make a difference. May we make a difference in how we respond, Lord Jesus. We just thank you for this opportunity and just pray a blessing over life for In Jesus' name, amen.
4: Amen. Will you stand with us this morning?